Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to another podcast of Truth For Today with Joseph Franta Ministries, and we are talking really about the King of Glory. Our last podcast was all about that and how you can fellowship with him in the secret place of the Most High. And every time you fellowship with God, you're ascending above your circumstances, above the trials of life, and you are learning to walk with God himself. And he is intersecting with your life in a major way. He's intervening, divine intervention. And he will turn everything to your favor if you'll trust in him. He's a God of grace, multiplied grace, great grace, more and more grace. And even though you and I go through tests and trials, it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, and I want to read it to you so that it'll be very plain. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, let me get there. It says this, but the God of all grace, isn't that good news? We serve the God of all grace. In fact, Christ is in us, the hope of glory. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a little, will make you perfect or complete, established, strengthen, and settle you. And the New American Standard puts it this way, after you have suffered for a little, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That sounds to me that like you're out of the trial. By the time God perfects, confirms, strengthens, and establishes you, the trial's over, and you're on top of it. You know, this is amazing. The God of all grace. Grace is God's power to perform what you're not able to perform in your own ability. That's what grace is. It's a supernatural influence from God himself that empowers your mind, your will, your physical body to rise above the challenges of this life and actually to soar like an eagle for God. I want to go to another verse that talks about this uh, in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, we're talking about the God of all grace. After you have suffered for a little, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, shall himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, establish you in his purpose and his plan so that you can succeed 
at running your course and complete it and finish it with joy. It's amazing, isn't it? Acts chapter 4, this is Peter after they had been imprisoned and, uh, you know, threatened not to talk anymore in the name of Jesus. Acts 4.31, and when they had prayed, after they were released from the prison, they went to their own company, it says, and, and they prayed. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Doesn't say shaken by, <clears throat> by an earthquake. It was shaken by God himself. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Yeah, when God shows up, confidence and boldness is released. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that any of the things which they possessed were their own, but they had all things common. In other words, what a, what a move of the Spirit. Selfishness didn't even exist at this, at this moment. People were, their hearts were open to whatever God wanted to do with them and their life and everything they had. And verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Great grace. I wonder what that really felt like. Great grace. In other words, grace alone is wonderful, but great grace. How great? How multiplied was this grace that God placed upon them to carry out his will, his plan, his purpose? in that hour. You know, we're in a similar hour today, and God is pouring out great grace upon your life and upon the churches so they can accomplish what God's called them to do in this hour. And uh, notice how this fits together in verse 33. And with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The verse starts out talking about great power and then finishes talking about great grace. Could it be, <clears throat> could it be that grace equals power? That grace, God's grace, God's influence, God's favor, God's ability, equals power, his power being manifested in our life? Oh, yes. They're very much connected. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. I believe this is going to be a year, 2023, of great power, and great grace upon the church to give witness to the resurrection, life, and power of Jesus Christ. Now, I know there's tests and trials, so let's go to James chapter 4. I want to continue with this theme a little bit longer here. 
in James chapter four, and I love I love all the books of the Bible. I love James. You know, James was was Jesus's natural brother. One of them, Jude, was another one. He had, I, I believe, there were six that were born to Mary after she had Jesus. And in James chapter four, it says this. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. So he's talking about getting your heart right with God and even your prayer requests in line with his heart and his word. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. And then he goes on and gives them a reproof And then in verse five, he says, do you think that the scripture speaketh in vain? No word of God is void of power, by the way. And so here he's reminding them of that. Do you think that the scripture speaks in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us is jealous for us. In other words, the spirit of God on the inside of every believer because we are a temple of God and a temple of the Holy Spirit, is jealous for us because we belong to Christ. We've been purchased with a price, the blood of Jesus, and we belong to Christ. And then he says this great verse, verse six, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God, resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. New American Standard says, but he gives a greater grace. Greater than what? Than all your tests and trials. Than all your challenges. All your weaknesses. <clears throat> you have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. But you know what? God's grace is greater. And Paul said, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. In other words, that's when God's grace is operating the most in us is when we're weak. Did you hear that? God's grace, free grace, operates the most in you when you're weak. Well, let's turn there and look at that. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's what grace is for, overcoming weaknesses. 2 Corinthians 12. You know, you may be a little despondent or discouraged because you have weaknesses in your life. But you know what? There are no problem for God's grace. God's influence to transform your weaknesses into the strongest places in your life. This is so powerful, men. I'm, I'm thinking about the men right now because, you know, men have certain problems, uh, you know, certain tendencies, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times, and I've counseled with enough of them to know that 
they're like, well, how do I overcome this weakness in my life? This is the answer. God's grace, tap in. Yield to God's grace. It'll empower you right past and above every weakness in your life. God gives a greater grace. Oh, yes. But you have to be humble enough to receive it. Can't be proud, thinking you can handle everything and you're the master of everything. And No, you, you have to humble yourself. You know, the Lord has been really working and showing me so many things about relationship with him. And, and just this morning in my devotional, the Lord said, don't assume that you know anything. I mean, I heard it clear as anything. <laughs> I heard, don't assume that you know anything. Always take the position that you don't know anything but what I show you and speak to you and what you can read in my word. And I thought, wow, Lord, thank you very much for that. So many people, you know, the world teaches you to be a know-it-all, an information incubation, where you just, you know, spew out facts and knowledge and <clears throat> information because we're living in the information generation. But that doesn't really mean you know anything. You, you can repeat things, okay. But to really have the intimate knowledge of God, you have to ask God to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart being enlightened by God, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so you can understand and see God in the right light, in the right perspective. Honestly, God's not impressed with how much you know or how much I know. He really doesn't care, he really doesn't care about what our opinion is either. Because God is light. And his desire is to fill us with himself. If your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. God is light. And your whole body can be full of God, full of light. Isn't this wonderful? Isn't this wonderful that we can be filled up to all the fullness of God? Ephesians chapter 3. But I want to get into this about Paul because Paul had a really a, a, a great revelation here. And in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, and let's start in verse uh, 7, and least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. He had a lot of revelation, Paul did, of God. He wrote 13 books in the New Testament, so that kind of proves it. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now, this is not what a lot of people think it was. The messenger of Satan. Okay, so there was a satanic power, some demon, assigned to Paul to buffet him 
or that word buffet means to, uh, to beat. Least I should be exalted above measure. So here is this messenger of Satan. It wasn't that he had a, you know, physical weakness or disease or whatever. Remember, God did heal his eyes when Ananias came and laid hands on him, when he was blinded by the light on the road to Damascus. I think it'd be really good if a lot of people had a Damascus Road experience, and I believe it's going to happen in 2023. I believe a lot of people that have been kind of high-minded are going to be knocked off their horse, so to speak, and have an experience, an encounter with the light. And it's going to transform their life forever and change the course of their life forever. It's not a bad experience. It's a good one. And then he goes on here. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, some people think, well, it was all the persecution that Paul experienced everywhere he went. That could have been it. I don't know. But it doesn't specifically say that here. But there was something that was really bothering him, and he was really trying to get deliverance from it. In verse 8, for this thing, I bes- for this thing, this thorn in the flesh, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Now, I know that he was a man of God, and I know he probably prayed and fasted on three different occasions that this harassment of his life would be gone, depart. But nonetheless, listen to God's response to all that prayer that three times that he sought the Lord about it. And by the way, God didn't answer him until after the third time. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Oh boy, bang, there, there it is. The revelation that Paul needed to overcome all the persecutions the thorn and the flesh, all the, uh, you know, hard things, emotional uh, tumults he was going through. That's what tumults means. And he, he mentioned that in another passage. Tumults are emotional upheavals. I mean, if you were stoned and left for dead, I guess you'd have a tumult, wouldn't you? Be very kind of emotional experience. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Now notice the relationship here between grace and power. They're always tied together. You can't separate them. And he said unto me, my grace, my divine influence, my ability is sufficient for for you, for my power is is made perfect in your weakness. You know, I can remember when I was a young believer, I, I, I really, I mean, I lived in the world for 24 years. I lived in the lust of my flesh. I, you know, I just lived like a heathen. And when I got born again, when I met the Lord, when the Lord came into my life, 
and I asked him to come into my life. When he came into my life, I mean, there was a war going on in my flesh every day. Because the things that I was used to doing, I knew now I couldn't do those things anymore. And I was prone to some of those weaknesses. And I fell time and time again. And I, I was like, oh, I was beside myself sometimes saying, Lord, help me. How am I going to overcome some of these weaknesses? I've, I've sown the wind and reaped the whirlwind, so to speak. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. But then I got into Romans chapter 6. Oh, what a deliverance that was for me. Even so, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Oh, I thought, I read it and thought that I was no longer the slave of the lusts of my flesh. And I could, I could get free and God would keep me free. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Jude 24. Oh, and I laid up these scriptures in my heart. And every time these impulses came, I took the word and I put it up against my flesh. And guess what happened? The word won. And I won. And I walked in victory after victory after victory until I was not prone to those impulses anymore. In fact, I developed a, a good, pure hatred for them, and I have it to this day. You can overcome by the grace of God. Just like Paul did here, he overcame the thorn in the flesh. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me, whatever this, this thing was plaguing him. Verse 9, and he said to me, God said to him, oh, isn't it wonderful when God speaks? And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Woo! You think anything is a problem to the power of Christ? And notice the power of Christ was resting upon him. Yes, he had Christ in him, the hope of glory, but as he went through this plague of trials and tests, Christ, the power of Christ came upon him to deliver him. Peter talks about it. In fact, I want to go there. First Peter chapter four. You need to see it because there is the spirit within and the, and the spirit upon. People argue about it, but the, the word is very clear. And, uh, in verse, in 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial 
which is to try you or test you as though some strange thing were happening to you. Oh yeah, that's called being buffeted by the devil. It feels strange. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. The reason the devil is harassing you at times is because you're in Christ and, and uh, you're a threat to him. You're doing damage to the kingdom of darkness as you walk with Christ. So it says, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be, you may rejoice also with exceeding joy. If you are reproached or persecuted for the name of Christ, happy are you for the spirit of glory. Oh, here we go again. And the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Woo, glory to God. So as you go through these trials, as you learn to yield to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will rest upon you and deliver you. Wow. That's, that's our God, a God of deliverance. God is to us a God of deliverances, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Psalm 68, I believe it's verse 19 and 20. So here, if ye be reproached or persecuted for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 12. This is really good. Uh, stuff for practical stuff for us. Second Corinthians 12. I wish I could read the whole chapter because it's tremendous. You ought to read it sometime. Second Corinthians 12. So, uh, so now Paul is getting deliverance by the grace of God, and his weaknesses are being turned into his strengths. And uh, he's, he's learning how to resist the devil and he will flee from him. And he's also learning about the power of God upon, the power of Christ upon his life to enable him to overcome each challenge and test and trial as it comes. Verse 10, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Is this guy crazy or what? You hear people saying that today? Therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses or infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in difficulties, in persecutions. He takes pleasure in this? in distresses or difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now look, he went through all these trials, many persecutions, many tests, and he lists them here. You know, 
He went through dealing with his weaknesses. He went through dealing with reproaches. You know, people thinking bad about him. In necessities, you know, he, he had, uh, you know, he went through times when, you know, there wasn't much. In persecutions, everywhere he went, he said in Acts chapter 20 that the Holy Spirit witnessed to him that there would be persecutions in every city. In distresses, or New American Standard says, in difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So he's being prepared for something. His weaknesses are being transformed into strength. And he says, verse 12, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience in signs, wonders, and miracles. God was preparing him to use him for signs, wonders, and miracles. So your tests and trials are preparation time for God to use you in great and glorious ways. I want to thank you for being with us today on this, on this podcast. You know, I want you to know God loves you. We love you. And Jesus is coming soon. Have a great day. See you next time.